Hello, and welcome to another episode of All Them Witches. I'm here to chat yet again about horror movies. This week, I watched a movie I've really been wanting to watch, but haven't gotten around to until today, and that movie is 2020's Possessor. So before we get into discussing that film, I'm just going to go over some of the movies I watched since the last episode about Maximum Overdrive. So after that, I watched a couple of horror movies, documentary, you know, a mix of things. Um, first, I watched Totally Under Control, which is a Hulu doc, or a doc that's on Hulu, about COVID and U.S.'s response to that. I don't know why I decided to watch that in the midst of COVID still being an issue in the United States, um, but I did. Anyway, I thought it was pretty impressive that they were able to pull something off of a relatively high quality, fully, you know, like remotely and via non-standard ways. But anyway, I watched that. It was all right. I think it could have been done better. Anyway, then I watched Haunt. Uh, I've seen that film before. Then I watched Host, which I've also seen before. Um, Host being that fun, that fun movie that was filmed during COVID about people getting together in a Zoom call and spooky shenanigans and so then randomly because Shudder had it uh like we're advertising this um the Boulay Brothers Dragula Resurrection I had never heard of these people or Dragula in the context of a tv show I know the Rob Zombie song but I didn't know that there was something else uh, I didn't realize that this was a apparently there's been multiple seasons of this show uh drag competition show based around like horror concepts i had no idea about this ever being a thing the most i've ever heard of is rupaul's drag race certainly but i didn't know about this sort of sidelined dragway show with a horror bent so this was like a special episode again filmed during covid and uh that's the theme this time and it was actually really quite good i don't necessarily love uh, these types of shows, reality TV type competition shows generally, because there's a lot of cattiness, manufactured drama, you know, to play things up for the viewers at home, etc. And I don't love all that. And because I think partially because this was filmed where everyone, you know, at their own homes, there was no direct interaction between the contestants. There was a very, you know, there was a couple times where they were trying to drum up something between them, but it really wasn't there because they were not interacting with anybody basically at all except for sort of like a skeleton crew of people who were there to like take photos and video of their like finished uh, drag looks and performances so you know there was not really room for that tv-ness to get in the way and i'm not sure if i'm not sure how things are in the tv shows everything always seems hectic um and this it seems like each contestant had a week to put together a specific look for each of the challenges and they were able to do so, you know, in their own homes, their own studio, with access to everything that they need and they're comfortable with. I think that, along with, like, less distraction from other people, meant that they had time to put together really impressive outfits, to sometimes put together interesting backdrops and stages. And the end result was, like, 80% of what I saw in the finished products were stunning unbelievably good so good um it was just shocking to me how high quality all these people's output was and i just was like wow i you know i've enjoyed drag race in my time but 
this is next level and it you know feeds into my interest in horror of course so it's just like this is amazing i cannot handle this i really liked it i really enjoyed it and all these contestants whether they want or not because obviously in the end only like one person gets to win right um no matter what like they should all be working in hollywood doing i don't know practical effects makeup character costume design i don't know but they are good at what they do and they need to get on that because this is this, these skills are too good for just being on a tv show basically so that was my glowing review of dracula resurrection on shutter um then i watched ready or not which i had also wanted to see for a while but ended up sort of sidelining for a while i thought that was fun ish not amazing it, i don't know a lot of these newer if you would consider that a horror movie even you know horror or drama with a dry sense of humor and violence they just don't they are not hitting home with me ready or not did not you know spark joy within my soul i was just like it's all right it was you know kind of fun but it wasn't incredible amazing beautiful thing that everyone seemed to say it was and so i felt bad that i don't love it but you know that's that's fine that's often the case with these movies i i'm often sort of a dissenting voice and I'm not saying I hated it, I just didn't love it. Or even really enjoy it and get like up in arms about it. So after that, I decided to randomly watch Mission Impossible. Why not? I was just in the mood and it was pretty fun. And then I did a couple more rewatches. I rewatched House or Houseu as it is often called. And uh, Suspiria, the original film with a friend. Uh, kind of just felt like it. And those were good times. I was pleased with my rewatches of those films. House or House in particular, because I have not seen it in a very long time and had honestly forgotten so much about that movie. So it was great to get back in there and sort of remember and relive that film. But yeah, let's get right into Possessor. So um, here is the trailer, which is mainly just audio or music, but I really love it. This song so cool the vibe of the trailer is really cool as well and that was kind of like what hyped me up to watch it anyway interface is active and we're at full power what's your levels this time you just make sure you pull the trigger on the way out after initial binding you'll be locked in with no loss of control permitted during this performance can't afford any All right, so Possessor kicks off kind of, you know, right out of the gate. You see this woman who puts a weird little, like, implanty type needle thing in her head, makes some faces, 
and you can tell that she's basically an assassin or something. And she very quickly, you know, walks up to this man at a party full of people around in this restaurant and stabs him and runs away screaming. And she stabs and stabs and stabs. She tries to then shoot herself with a handgun that was in her bag to begin with, but cannot do it. And so in the end, the cops show up and they kill her instead. And that is the start because we see right after that uh, happens that this woman was basically a real life avatar of this woman in this lab laying down in this machine, basically, who has who seemed to have been controlling the movements of this woman who is now dead. And because of that, we know the audience knows quickly, okay, cool. So this is not just like an assassin movie. This is like an assassin movie with mind control happening in there. So that's fun. So you have the protagonist, uh, sometimes called Tass or Voss. But either way, uh, she is this woman who basically is an assassin through other people's bodies, effectively. And this is done because it's sort of a way to get... Um, to make the crime clean because it's someone who's typically going to have some sort of relationship with the target rather than a, you know, a paid assassin who has no relation and maybe could get caught in some way because they're totally unrelated, whatever the case may be. But either way, this woman goes home to her estranged family because she's separated from her husband currently due to her job and stress and stuff. She feels like maybe she's not safe to be around her husband and young child. But anyway, she does come go to, to visit them. And when she's visiting, she's having sort of flashbacks to the last murder that she committed by proxy. And uh, that's not a good thing. You know, you don't want to be thinking about stabbing someone in the neck when you're having sex, for example. Maybe not the best thing. Um, but either way, despite that, she's like, no, you know, I got to keep working. I can't just stay home and sort of live this normal life i'm you know basically she's kind of like she's already broken in some way mentally so she's getting ready for her next job and um the next job is something like the ceo of a tech firm and also his daughter needs to be killed as well and then of course the guy who is the ceo's daughter's boyfriend will also need to die so i don't remember the ceo's name aside from the fact that he's played by sean bean but either way, uh, the two people, the boyfriend and girlfriend, are Colin and Ava. And so it's time for our protagonist to take control of Colin. It's kind of fun when the sequence of sort of transferring her mind into Colin's begins. There's this fun sequence where it's like this plasticky cast of a person that's sort of unmelting and melting and apparently that was all practical effects which makes sense it looks like you know just something being melted in reverse and then like played back in reverse and i like it i like those kind of neat effects you know you don't you don't need cg for everything it's you know it was weird and it's going to be like memorable in some respect so we got our protagonist in the body of colin and it's kind of funny, you know, I guess this is despite her being like an old pro, this is maybe her first time in a male body um, because she's like looking all around the body like, oh, I got all these things that I don't have normally. So it's it's a bit of humor in there, I feel. But anyway, uh, almost immediately the girlfriend, Ava, realizes that something is wrong with her boyfriend. She's like, what? 
you're being so strange. But she kind of just like lets it be. She doesn't really press on it too much. So, you know, we see Colin going into his job at the big tech firm. And the job is like where they put on these weird goggles, these VR, not VR goggles, but kind of VR goggles. It's very odd. They put on these goggles to be in a VR environment of an office where they are watching a video on a digital monitor. Um, I think it's supposed to be for like privacy's sake. Like they can't just be watching in the monitors because like there's a bunch of people in line doing the same jobs. So they like shouldn't look over at each other's work, I guess. Um, but anyway, it's like a job where they are sort of acting as human AI to identify things in a video, in random like video feeds. And I mean, yeah, we have AI already that can kind of do that. Uh, you could just like point a camera on something and it'll, you know, say, that's a TV, that's a cell phone, that's a, you know, a cup. It's not always 100% right, but we already have that tech. Anyway, so it's like doing that, but as a human doing that um, and trying to identify objects in the scene. And, uh, you know, it's like random videos of like security cameras. I'm not sure. But, you know, there's one that really trips up Voss where there's a video of like people who are having sex. And she's like, I guess it's like, oh my gosh, the invasion of privacy. Oh, I can't believe I have to see, you know, I'm doing this. I'm invading the privacy just for the stupid tech, you know, data mining firm. None of this is like outright stated, but it's very clear for the attempt that she is highly upset about it. And okay, I get it. I get it. But it also reads to me in this movie like so hand ringy and like overly like, yeah, you don't think that there's already, you know, if you're giving your own, if you're putting your video videos out there some way on the internet, it's out there. It's, you know, someone's got it or can't have access to it. Um, you know, like all those ring security cameras, people were able to hack them quite easily often because people don't use two-factor authentication. It's all a bad scene. If you have security cameras that are related to an online website that you can, you know, access, put two-factor authentication. Two other things. But either way, in this movie, it's dramatic that this is happening. And, um, you know, it is what it is. Side note, there are people who do do that kind of thing, um, like as a job where they have to review videos. Um, that may be disturbing. But that is usually more like a content moderation role. And that is often, and that's typically going to be videos and photos that people upload themselves to Facebook, to YouTube, etc. So it's like intentional. And then, but those people often have big, you know, have serious issues that come from having to view a lot of really disturbing content all the time, um, illegal content, etc. So, I mean, I, I'm assuming that's where that inspiration came from for this scene or this job that this guy is doing, it came from that real world aspect of people who do have to sort of see stuff um, as part of their job every day. Um, but anyway, back to the movie, I did like the retro future tech vibe that goes on in this whole movie because it seems like on one hand it's supposed to be like near future, but also it feels retro because like these glasses don't at all look like modern VR headsets at all. They look like these goofy you know, sci-fi glasses you'd see in the 50s or something. Same with this, like, tuning device that looks, like, really, I don't know, maybe 70s or 60s era, like, hi-fi stuff. It doesn't look like what you would see in 2020. And it's kind of fun. 
how they how that sort of plays with sort of it's the future but it's also retro cool i have i, I enjoy that vibe it doesn't get a lot of use but when it does i like it so anyway colin gets disrupted by this you know sex video and um as a result like voss who's in colin is having like visual distortions and audio distortions or runs into the bathroom it's bad um but um, when she gets a call from like the boss who's in the lab like what's wrong and she's like nothing is wrong but obviously we as viewer know something is you know clearly wrong but whatever fine lie it's fine um and apparently once voss has sex i was calling with ava she is able to finally be one-to-one with colin like they're in sync and she's in total control basically after this odd sex sequence uh which i think is humorous again i don't know uh the director has some sort of thought about that i don't know but anyway now that we've got complete control of this host body it is now the you know the night where she needs to perform and kill the ceo guy the daughter ava and colin as a result you know after he kills these two people so first uh colin is getting thrown out by you know causing a big fuss and starting to fight to sort of give a context or a reason for why he's going to come back and kill so we get to see colin come back and even though he has a gun he also like just grabs a fire poker and gets to the dad and beats him furiously with the fire poker before jamming it in his mouth and spinning it around which was quite uh, gruesome i'm not gonna lie and then more so when he you see just a slight bit when he sticks the fire poker in the dad's eye and starts to pop the eye out of the socket you see just a, a smidge of that before it cuts away but either way you know okay that eye's done <laughs> that eye is done I'm assuming that this scene was probably cut for the uh, cut version of the movie, um, but I watched the uncut version. So there it was. Uh, great. Good job. Amazing. And I was like, because even after all this happens, you still hear the dad like gurgling blood. And I was like, Jesus, he's not dead. You wouldn't die. Like, I, that's like so, so much blood loss happening. And what was with that fire poker jammed in his throat like did he was this you know the neck or the spine not severed like what i mean and they weren't dead anyway it turns out he's not dead but we don't really see him much after that of course the daughter wanders in for some reason um you would think when she was hearing all this drama she might just peek her head out and not like walk straight into the room might just call 911 out the you know at the gate uh, but she does not, so she gets shot a couple times, and uh, then she finally gets killed. And then it's finally time for Khan to kill himself, but he cannot. And we've seen this already from the beginning of the movie, where the first host was unable to be killed by their own hand, seemingly because the host is like fighting back against that uh, command from Voss to shoot themselves. They can't do it. So, of course, Khan fights back, does not shoot himself, Instead, jabs himself in the head with a big piece of glass. And I thought that was him killing himself. 
were Voss killing him in a different way, but actually, no, it was to get rid of this like transmitter in the head thing. I don't know that how he figured out that it was there, but he did. And when this happens, like Voss gets all screwed up in the lab, like blood is coming out of her mouth. Ooh, don't like that. Uh, but her boss is like, no, it's okay. Like leave her in there. She's got to, you know, do it. And it becomes clear, like after this sequence that Colin is back in control of the body and Voss is just kind of in there, I guess, mentally. Um, so the boss is like, no, we're not going to take her out. Like just leave her in and see if she can regain control, basically. Even though after this like three day period that leaving this, uh, leaving her in this like possessor state means that she's going to have like lasting mental ramifications of that in some capacity. But I guess the boss don't care. So we see Colin go to someone, uh, this woman's house who we'd seen briefly earlier, who seemed to like have a relationship with him. And he's like, please let me stay here. So she does. Um, but then, you know, he shoots her in the shower. Again, like, we're not sure at this point, you know, who is in control. You would assume it's, it seems like it should be Colin because he seems like freaked out and is like, get out of my head type of thing um, and recognizes these people in his life. But he does end up shooting her, which to me implied, okay, that was actually a boss decision to shoot her because that was just a friend. And we do see briefly here, like, their dad survived because there's a, like, thing on the news where they're saying he's lived um, despite suffering significant damage. And uh, so it's like, okay, that's crazy. I can't believe he lived. Anyway, um, so Colin's friend comes from work, and you're like, oh, what? How, what? how do you know he was there? And you find out quickly that the suspicion is warranted because he soon Colin turns away. He gets shot in the head by the friend, but it turns out he, it wasn't like a gun gun. It was like some sort of magical gun. I don't know. Not magical, but either way, it is a gun that just sort of stunned him. A stun gun. Yeah. So his friend shoots him with a stun gun. And uh, we, we find out that the friend is actually just a plant who was put there to assist with Voss if needed. And this time it seems needed because... She has lost control of the host. So he's running some tests, and um, while he's running a test, there is this fight, mental fight, I guess, between Voss and Colin. And Colin puts on a mask of her face and is sort of like seeing himself like coming into her home and like attacking her family. And I was like, okay, okay, so what? He's gonna like possess her in turn. That'd be cool. Um, but anyway, after this sequence is done, we realize, oh, oops, uh, Kong took control again and killed this friend guy because I guess he really wasn't the friend. He was a plant for this, you know, this organization. And I was thinking at this point, you know, if I were in this position where I had killed uh, my, you know, my partner, my partner's father two of my friends, whether or not I felt that it was my decision that it happened, like if I was thinking that someone else was in my brain, I, at some point, probably even be, probably right after the first two deaths, I think I would go to the doctor or the police or something because I'm, you know, clearly messed up. Something's gone terribly wrong. 
And I mean, yes, it'd probably be leading to a life in prison in some capacity. But it's just like, no, that's not believable that you just run when you have these sort of things going on. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I'm not, I don't know. Either way, the host, Colin, seems to be in control again and goes to the home, the family home, because he has seen it in his, like, in his brain, because obviously the other memories were like commingling with his memories. So he goes there. And briefly, the kid actually talks to him, which I'm like, why would you talk to a total stranger? Like, what are you doing, child? Stop it. And the child was just like so precocious. I was really pissed. Um, but anyway. Um, so yeah, Colin goes to the home, holds the gets into the house, holds the de- uh, husband at gunpoint, and talks really crazily, uh, basically trying to say like, where is your wife? And I'm like, she, what did she do to me? But um, the two start talking in his brain, and it's sort of like implied that, I would say heavily implied that she does want her husband and child killed. She doesn't want them in her life, but she can't do it herself. So that's why she's got like this man is here to do it for her in a way, even though it's technically her, but he also wants to, you know, kill them because he's mad at what she's done to him and destroy his life. So anyway, husband gets shot. Um, you know, he gets killed up. No problems there. He's just dead. Um, well, he actually, I think he gets knifed to death. But anyway, he's so that the husband slash dad is dead. And you're like, okay, so now what? He still can't, or Voss can't shoot, can't um, commit suicide still even after all this. So then the kid comes up and really quickly stabs straight in the neck, right? You know, uh, right where that would be deadly, I feel. And at first I was like, wow, brave kid. And then the kid gets shot and killed. But of course, you know, right near the end, you get that stinger. This isn't the complete end, but it's near the end where the kid says, pull me out, which is the code phrase or the phrase that we know they use in the lab when they're going to take someone out of the host body. So you're like, oh, okay. So the kid was actually a host too. Now for who it turns out it's the boss lady. It turns out it's the boss lady. And I'm like, okay, makes sense. Cause you didn't see her in one of the other lab shots. She's like gone and everyone's gone. So I'm like, oh yeah, she must've like done something. She, she got into the kid and did that so that she could finish the job herself. And that's basically the movie. And I thought it was all right. I was not in love with it. You know, I really hyped it up just from that trailer. I was really hyped. And the end result was it was okay. I was not crazy about it. I think it's a good effort. It's, you know, it's a film, a complete piece of work. <laughs> I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean, you know, it, it tells a story and I felt stressed and, you know, strained a bit through the movie. And I think that was a good thing that I, you know, felt tension. About what was going on but i don't feel that i loved it i don't know that i feel that voss killing her family was earned in a sense that oh that she really wanted it implication like where did we get that you know how do we 
we didn't really see that in any of the parts of the movie that she wanted that to happen, that she wanted to just do this job. Uh, not really, anyway. And also the movie, it to me specifically, it felt a bit cute in the way that it is is very clearly indicating like, ooh, I'm the type of movie that you're going to need to watch multiple times to understand. Um, like, it's not that complex, but it's just like, oh, because you can wonder, oh, but when did the, when was the host there? Or, you know, when was the host taken over uh, the child, for example? Or when, when did, you know, who's in control? At what point? Is it boss or is it Colin? When does that shift happen? When do shifts, when do those shifts happen? Um, because again, you don't really feel that Colin is out to kill people either. But apparently maybe he wanted to as well. But why? There's, he had a bad job. He didn't have to work there. You don't have to stay with this woman. There's so many things. Anyway, that was just my perspective on it. Um, sure, it might be fun to rewatch it, but I don't think that it deserves, um, you know, being that type of movie that's like, ooh, you gotta keep, you gotta see it again. And catch this thing. Like, I don't care that much. <laughs> I don't care that much to see it again. You know, I I like Brandon Cronenberg, the director of this film. I like his dad's work, of course, David Cronenberg. Hello. Um, I don't know if, you know, like, and how much influence does that have on Brandon? Is he making this movie for himself? Is he making this movie for his father? You, you know, like, is this the kind of movie he wants to make? Or is he, you know, would be he be more happy making a rom-com? Like, I don't know. But it's very clear that he's trying to push in that sort of violent sci-fi slash horror, you know, space. And I'm just curious, like, is that really his vibe? It might be. I'm just, I just have to wonder, you know, where that comes from. I won't know. I'm not him. Anyway, overall, the movie was fine. I, think I gave it like a 6 out of 10 um, in my personal ratings, which is not a bad thing. 5 is average, and I, I treat that full scale as, a you know, valid. So 5 average, totally fine, watchable movie. 6 is a little bit better than average. but And that mostly comes from the visuals of this movie. I really liked some of the visuals that were on display. Um, I wish there was more music. I felt like the trailer had some really banging music, and then, like, it's not really there in the, in the film to the same level. I would have liked that. But anyway, um, movie was all right. I wish I, I do wish I could have seen it on a big screen. But, you know, in these times, it's not really a great idea to do so, at least in my opinion and where I live. Um, it's not a great idea. And, uh, you know, it, it was still fine to watch at home. It's on VOD now. So you can check it out yourself on a whole host of platforms. I think the rental is about 4 or $5. So you can check it out too if you're interested. But yeah, that's all for this episode of All of Them Witches. Uh, I'll be back in two weeks to do it all again with another movie that hopefully I like a little bit more. But if not, it's, it's you know, it's okay. They can still make a good discussion piece. So yeah, thank you for listening, and I'll see you again soon.